So I'm Dan Hewitt and I'm Becky. <laughs> That's Becky. Becky. Hewitt. So uh, Larry Larry called me yesterday. No, was it yesterday or the day before? And said, I don't feel good. Will you guys, talk, will you talk or you and Becky? And so Becky and I do a, I always want to say blog. We do a podcast. There we go. Uh, every week called Grace World. And uh, it's a way where we explain. And it's, you know, normally in the past, I've been a teacher and we found it's kind of interesting for us to just kind of talk through stuff. And uh, so that's what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk through a few things and we invite you to participate, whether yeah. it's to ask questions, jump in, and actually, I'll, I'll ask a lot of questions too. But you got any intro thoughts before we get going? This just feels like a podcast, except normally yes. you can't. I'll probably see put this us. on it's the audio podcast. podcast. So there you go. <laughs> so I'm a little intimidated. I'm like, oh gosh. That's right. So this will be this week. We maybe. just talk about uh, things that are on our hearts that week or what the Lord's talked to us about. Yep. And, um, it really is a lot of just our our own stories, our own thoughts. So that's yeah. Chewing we're on those invited ideas. into our studio tonight to be part of the podcast. I guess. Yeah. So the big thing we've talked about. I mean, obviously, Larry's been talking for a long time. We went through uh, a lot of stuff about the father. We learned about childness. We really spent recently a lot of stuff on the Holy Spirit. And we've spent some time on perichoresis and uh, understanding that relationship. A uh, lot of awesome stuff. And we've gotten to talk. And this is how we grow is we hear things, we read things, and then we spend a lot of time talking to each other. We spend a lot of times kind of talking through it and saying, well, hey, what does this really mean? What's that, what's that look like? What is that like? And I think part of what we've kind of been talking a lot about in the last week or so, and actually kind of came to a head today or in an even stronger way is we have all this great stuff that we've been learning about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, about stepping into the perichoretic relationship with God and stuff. And Becky has a favorite saying after any Bible study or any teaching or anything else, she has two words she says, which is, so what? <laughs> And so that's always the question afterward. We have all this stuff, so what? And so I think a lot of what we've been talking about this week is we've grown a lot, I think, emotionally, spiritually, uh, physically, whatever, all the different ways. And one of the big areas is kind of seeing where have we gone in relationships with people? And that's kind of what we want to talk about tonight is what does it look like now that we have this relationship with God, now that we're walking in an understanding of the Holy Spirit, what does it look like to actually live life with people? And some people are problematic. <laughs> some relationships are problematic. Some people are real issues and we have to deal with them. And, you know, how many if, and then we all have our different personalities, right? Because, I mean, we've taken the, Taylor Johnson temperament analysis. We've done the one with the, what is it? The lions and the golden retrievers and that. And we've done the. Enneagram. The Enneagram, which right, depending on the church you go to, that's either what they teach in church or that's from hell. And it's an evil Eastern mystic <laughs> something, depending on which church you go to, it's one or the other, right? 
But all the things we learn in the personalities is we have strengths and weaknesses with every, and you know, I know some people, it's always fun when you bump, get the people that are like, you can't label me. I'm not in any group, you know. It's like, oh, you're this type. So, <laughs> so right. You're the don't label me type. <laughs> so, but uh, we've been talking through some of the places where we've grown and like, Part of what I found this afternoon, so I went to Costco today um, to buy some stuff, and I was going to go to lunch afterward and get a hamburger, and while I was there, I was like, oh, you can get a hot dog and a drink for a buck and a half, so maybe I'll just sit down and have a hot dog, and I sat there and turned on facing these people that I used to go to church with 10 years ago. So I was like, oh, how are you guys doing? You know, and they, we had a conversation and they're, you know, it's, we told them, tell, I told them all about my kids and where they're at. And I was like, so how about you guys? And it's like, well, our son's in prison and, you know, and he mentioned the name and it's, it's a son that I really didn't, we never really saw their kids or child grow up because they were at a different age and we passed at a different time and so forth. And they, as soon as they said his name, I'm like, oh, I used to teach him in prison. So... <laughs> It was like, yeah, I remember Daniel, you know, and yeah, he was, and we went through the whole issues of, they adopted this kid and all sorts of issues, all sorts of problems. And they had to learn how to deal with this and um, personality types, you know, manipulation, right? We've dealt with people that are manipulative, um, all these different things. And part of what we're saying is, what does it look like to have a healthy relationship with another person, right? Because and I, we can talk a little bit about where we've come from or what we've done. I mean, I've, I'm an engineer. I'm probably uh, not real empathetic, generally speaking. Becky's much more empathetic. Uh, I'm more the logical, this is how it is, and this is the way it's going to be, you know, and so forth. And we've had to grow through those differences and even the strengths and weaknesses of those. And so what, what do you think are my strength weaknesses in those things? <sighs> okay. This is being taped and people are watching. <laughs> uh, I, actually, I would disagree with you. Okay. I, what do you I, see? You are empathetic. Just you, you uh, show it differently than I show it. That's true. I can be, I'm actually a weird mix of, Depending on my relationship to people, I can be terribly involved, empathetic, or if it's somebody away, I'm basically a sociopath. I don't give a rip about you whatsoever. You know, and it just depends on the situation, you know, and where I'm at and where somebody is put in my life. And I could either be totally sacrificial and giving, or why do I care about that person? <laughs> or I don't, you know. I didn't put a Ukraine bumper sticker on my car. You know, so, it's like, yeah. eh, whatever. <laughs> so so where are you headed with this um, personality thing? Like, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit and what we've so, learned about yeah, however, I think part of it is we look at some of the things we do and how we deal with people in relationships. Um, how many grew up in terrible families or you had lots of weird conflict with people and stuff? You don't have to raise your hand. You don't raise your hand if you're a bad person. You know what? <laughs> so, oh my gosh. No. Everybody's had some dysfunction. Right. In family relationships or friendships or church relationships. Right. You know, there's because nobody's mature and complete. Not lacking anything. We're not there yet. That's another famous quote from so, Becky. Nobody's, nobody's mature. mature. <laughs> um, 
So obviously, yeah. Like if you if you're dealing with people that either you've hurt or they've hurt you, or there's been miscommunication or whatever, what does it look like for the Holy Spirit to be in that yeah. relationship? Right. What do we? And I think here, yeah, I don't know. That's an open question. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? What does it look like to be in a relationship with somebody who does not? respond correctly or has issues or is anybody you, you got some thoughts on that uh-huh. hold on just a second oh, we got to get your mic on. Turn it on we are mic con red all right well tim and i were married previously mm-hmm. and my ex was in another state and so there wasn't any relationship there Uh but Tim had two children uh, that he adopted in a previous relationship Mm. and uh, when we were first married uh, she would call and cuss and (laughs) you know she always wanted the the support early in fact it got Mm -hmm. so early that she was getting paid twice and she was using drugs and selling furniture, and, you know, it was a bad situation. Uh-huh. And uh, whenever the kids would come over and visit us, she would call before they got there and say, I'm going to stay on hold so I can talk to the kids when they get there. <laughs> and so it was just really complicated. Mm-hmm. But the Lord just gave me such a love for her mm. and, uh, and forgiveness and uh, one day he gave me the scripture, pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. Mm-hmm. Because I knew she was always slamming me to the kids and people around her and people we knew. Well, anyway, um, she got um, introduced. Uh, I, I think she was watching television. And anyway, she called us one day and she said she wanted to go to church with us. And... Um, we took her to church. We took her, her friend, the two kids, plus a baby that she just had, and Tim's mother was with us, and we were in a little Subaru wagon, and mm-hmm. we all went to church together. Mm-hmm. And she um, she answered, answered an altar call, and I was chosen mysteriously <laughs> to be her altar counselor. Wow. So anyway, you know, the Lord now when it, we haven't seen her for years, but whenever we do run into her, it's like no people from the outside would think we're just good neighbors. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the Lord just did that supernaturally. I mean, there's yeah. no other way it could have happened. So I think sometimes we just have to get outside of ourselves and our own hurts and realize that Lord is using us in that yeah. situation and we need to take take the opportunity to be Christ-like to them regardless. Yeah. That's okay. so great. Can I ask you, um, how long have you been in relationship with the Lord at this point when you just loved her? Uh, I'd say seven years, maybe six, seven years. All right. So, so, and did you feel like he was pouring love into you? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and that's a lesson that I can't walk away from. 
right. regardless of yeah. what the situation is. So, so. that seems to be like, right. I, to me, that one of the key things that the Holy Spirit's teaching us through, well, through all of this is the other person is neither the problem or the enemy, mm -hmm. right? Because the whole goal of Satan is to say, this guy is a problem, okay, then I'm mad at them, and then we all are mad at each other because everybody's a problem. And the security that we have in the Holy Spirit, in this relationship with God, is to say they're not the existential threat to me because I have the Holy Spirit. I have the yeah. entire living God dwelling in me, and so I don't have to live in fear of them. Now, let me throw one other part into that. Does that mean we put ourselves at any and all risks in other relationships with toxic people? No. No. You have to have boundaries. Okay. You know. That's so. the magic word, huh? Boundaries. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. Uh -huh. you, because <laughs> right. this was in my primary relationship. Yeah. And but it was something that I couldn't escape. Mm -hmm. You know, she was always going to be a part of our relationship as long as the kids were young. Yeah. So I I had to come to some sort of realization that I needed to know how to work through this. And and one of the things that the Lord would remind me of is, except for him, there go I. Yeah. I mean, any of us could have fallen into that situation oh, yeah. without him. So I had a great compassion for her. Yeah, I remember there's a guy, Bob That's George. Awesome. He was one of the early people I learned grace from. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I wouldn't do that sin and I wouldn't do this. And he, he goes, look, given the right circumstances, there's not a sin I wouldn't do yeah. if the right circumstances weren't dumped into my life. So I can never say, I'm not like you. And right. so, And I think that's a healthy place to be at so alan all right let me let up and alan right, jump alan. in first there hey alan just unmute okay uh, yeah and that well, what meg said is beautiful because i i think that's the that's the amazing part of life like I, a lot of people don't know me but 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 for, you know four and a half years ago my beautiful wife left me and took and split my family in two and um, and the older children and I have not seen her or the younger children for four and a half years. Even when Ben was killed in that car accident, um, she didn't even come to his funeral. So she's not in a good spot. But one of the things God showed me through it all, it was like the, the time it was all happening, it was Romans 15. You know, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. <clears throat> and 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 in the next part goes on. It says, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And God used to say, Al, don't take it personally. She hasn't done it to you. She's done it to me because I am no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me, if you get what I mean. So so I had to separate. And, and what God showed me over the years, over the time, because it's anything like that's very painful and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of trauma which actually comes from that. But but if I can share anything from it is that I could separate who she was created to be, and I've only got one hand, so I can't show both hands, but but it's well, I can still love the person I married because that's who she was created to be. What she's done, I can hate. Because to do that to my younger children, to tell the thing tell 
tell them the things about me which are lies just so she could separate the family, well, that's evil. That's, a, that's not of God. And I think the beauty about it is I can still, because I, I can separate the two, I can still love the person who God created to be because I saw we're married 33 years. I, I knew the person she was created to be. And I saw the good times and I saw the thing, even though the trauma and everything clouded that for a period of time, but I can pray for her. So it's separating who they created to be from what they did. And that's been my key. That's the key that the Papa showed me. And I was able to do that. It's interesting because I was able to do that because of the relationship I have with him. And that's, that's the miracle. That's the miracle. He sees you as he created you to be. And the more yes, he reveals that to you, the more you understand it. It's yours. You own that knowledge. You, oh, you know, own that intimacy. And that's why you can share it with others. That's awesome. That's great. Thank you. I don't know what's happening over here. Oh. Okay, Janet. Hello. Okay. All good. Um, a few years back, the Lord showed me to uh, be like a duck. <laughs> you know, that any offense that comes my way, just let it go off my back like water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just kind of got a reboot on that when I went into surgery and they pulled out that mass. <laughs> it was like nothing bothered me after that. It was weird. I felt like I had a cleaning out, you know, I was okay and nothing really could offend me. So, you know, but he, the Lord did a big thing in me when I was in the hospital. He showed me people and how much he loves them. And he gave me his heart of love for every person that walked in that room. So, and it was just, I still feel it. Mm. And it is, Mm -hmm. it's awesome. Yay, took it out. (laughs) Let me draw a picture in this because it's what that you're talking about, Alan. There's a way. Oh, good grief! This mess is still on here. Wow. Uh, Let's see. Where's the giant erase? That's amazing. So we here's the thing. We often this is how we view life. There's other people. So we'll say others, except that I can't spell others. And they impact my life. So that's me. So the human tendency is what? I want to impact them back, right? Because my limited understanding is they're coming against me. But here's the real picture. There is Satan is using others as a pawn and I'm in the kingdom of God. And so really what it is, is Satan is coming against God, but it looks like this person is coming against me. And so if I have the wrong picture, the wrong understanding, I want to react to this person. And the reality is, that's not my enemy. My enemy is over here, and my defender is over here. And so I don't, it gives me a different perspective on 
what's happening in relationships. So instead of their, you know, let's call it the hate or something coming this way, then I can give back love this way because I understand what the pit, the real picture is and what's happening in the situation. So. Sonny's turn. Come on down. Come on down. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about boundaries out there right now. Uh-huh. But I think to a certain point, it can go in an unhealthy way where we create boundaries out of not understanding who we are and how powerful we are. Yeah. Because God's put me in a couple of situations where they totally busted boundaries and God said, let them do it. Mm-hmm. So I did. And for the course of like a year, I was a breakthrough for them because I understood that now I'm allowing those boundaries to be broken and I'm partnering with God for their breakthrough. Yeah. So if I'm always in self-protection mode, the power of God to help the right. world isn't as powerful as it yeah. could be. And so here's the key, right? Now, how do we know the difference between healthy boundaries and when God said, well, I guess I gave it away. <laughs> we have to listen to the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Because yeah. there's correct and right boundaries. Because if you look at even the life of Christ, he had multiple times people went to go put him to death. Mm-hmm. And he said, not today. And then finally at you know, 33 and a half years old, he says, today, yes, you can do this to me today. Mm-hmm. But there was other times he said, not today. This is not right and appropriate today. And it sounds like you, right? There are things that are inappropriate, but sometimes God says, I'm going to have you throw yourself on a grenade. Mm -hmm. And that's okay today for today. But does he want us to throw ourselves on grenades every day? (laughs) No. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we gotta, we have to listen to the spirit. Where, where is God leading us and taking us on these things? Yeah, because he, he said, go ahead. And I said, okay. And he says, I'm, I'm your healer. Anything that comes in that hmm. he's like overcomes with life and you can just be a breakthrough for others. Yeah. What that's a beautiful awesome. place for you to be in that spot. Yeah. And for, for him to use you. Thank you for sharing that. It's good. I think on that same line too, like when you're talking about uh, boundaries and like when to let boundaries down, I think it's just as important to ask if you should put boundaries up. Because if we're mm-hmm. truthful, most of the time it's fear and we hide behind psycho babble, yeah. right? I'm going to put my boundaries up and everybody agrees, like that's a good idea. But nobody mm-hmm. stops and asks God and more destruction takes place. So I think the whole point is just stop and ask God before yeah. you do anything. That's our official answer to all things, right? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we have, it's like, I, I kind of joke, it's like if, if, if we really would pay attention, Paul could have written the New Testament in like five words. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Done. <laughs> but sometimes he has to smack you upside the head and say, you know, you probably shouldn't sleep with your mother-in-law to the Corinthians, you know? And like, what? We do that in our culture. You <laughs> think, like, yeah, don't do that. 
you know, and so there's just stuff sometimes God's like, yeah, let's not. And we need to have a little help sometimes. But for the most part, we just need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because and a lot of that depends on our personalities, right? Because some of us, um, like the people I was talking to today, before a lot of the stuff they went through with their child, they were much more of the people pleaser type. So what's going to be the problem if you're a people pleaser? Is it wrong to love to care about people and try to please people? Not at all. But what can happen if you are a people pleaser? You take responsibility for them. Yeah, you start taking responsibility for them. You start feeling and carrying the burdens of other people, right? And so part of the division we have to learn living in the Holy Spirit is our responsibility is to go where the Holy Spirit tells us to go. Like they adopted a son and he ended up in prison. And there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of issues, a lot of stuff. And for initially there was a lot of guilt and shame and condemnation about, well, you did it wrong or whatever. And they had to get to the place of, and they talked to God and God's like, I called you to adopt him. I didn't call you to fix him or, you know, it's, it's not our responsibility to fix people. It's our responsibility to love people. It's our responsibility to respond to people appropriately according to the spirit. It is not ever our, the results are never our responsibility. And depending on our personality, we can really carry the responsibility part of the result. And it's not ours to carry. It's our responsibility to do what God says, go do. What happens after that isn't our responsibility. Any other thoughts on that? I don't know, because that's kind of one of the big ones is working through some of the pathologies we've had in our relationships over our time and going, okay, how do we, how do we as mature, even though nobody's mature, how do we as mature, more mature Christians live in the Holy Spirit in relationships and deal with that? I don't know. Does anybody else have any other thoughts or things that they've had to go through and, or places where you feel like you've gotten to grow, you know, where I used to be this way and I used to deal with stuff this way. And now I've, figured out said <laughs> a yes so I, don't. I have a lot to say um i tend to do that with wanting my children to like me uh. and i become a people pleaser and it's not good you know so i think i was a little too soft on them but i don't know what god called me to just to love them and i just kind of got to let the result of who they became Mm-hmm. be there be that you know be what they became so that's been a deal for me i don't know if anybody else has that yeah i'm still dealing with it <laughs> i feel like i'm still dealing with it because a couple of my well all of my kids i gotta say this because it's online all of my kids are cool but a couple of them yeah. are really like cool Oh. Like and I'm and I've never been cool. We're not saying and so I actually ones. feel a little intimidated by yeah. them yeah. because I didn't run in that cool crowd, you know. Right. And now that I have a couple of kids that are kind of street smart and kind of you know get things, and they'll say things like they go right over my head, and I'm like, <gasps> I gotta get that. What did they mean? What's happening? You know, same kind of thing. Like I still want their approval yes. at some level, mm-hmm. even though I'm their mother. I will yeah. <laughs> always have their approval. I'm their mother. And they love you. And they do. And they, they love me. And they love I'm, me. I'm loved yes. by them. And I just have to remember that, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the result of who they are 
is not my problem. Yeah. So. And we learn different, and part of it is sometimes, well, heck, you know, anybody that knows if you have more than one child, they're utterly different, and you can't deal with any of them That's the right. same. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I was shocked when I had four kids that four kids could be so different, you know. I mean, totally. It's like how many dimensions are there of differentness that your kids can be? And they're all in that. And I've even learned, I, I find some of the mistakes I made. Like when my kids were young, I compare myself to this other guy in our church, and he was so over the top of superlatives that it drove me nuts. I mean, it's like you could go to the bathroom and not make a mess, and he'd be like, that is so good. You did such a great job. You're so amazing. And I just sit there going, oh, gosh. And I wanted to compliment my kids, but I always wanted to try to make, to me, I felt like I needed to make sure that I gave real answer. So it's like, I'll praise you when you do great stuff. Great. You guys are awesome. You know, but I'm not going to go, you know, if you picked your toy off the ground, spend five minutes telling you how great you are. Well, I think I probably should have been more encouraging because I've realized as I've gotten older that people do need more encouragement, probably not as much as the other guy, but, but maybe, but maybe, I don't know. It depends on the kid too. Right. And so each of our children needed different input, different encouragement, different ways to speak. And as you get older, you realize, wow, I could have done better at this and probably done better at that. And, you know, but it's like, okay, God, the results are in your hand. It's like, and whenever, here's the other thing, whenever I feel like you start to feel guilty about things you did as a parent, it's like, you know, Adam and Eve had really good parents and they didn't turn out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go ahead, Alan. <laughs> it, 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 it's funny you're mentioning that because I remember well, I, I had 10 or so talk about diversity. It was just massive. But, um, but I remember with, with, with the older ones that, that if they were going well, I was fine. But if I were having a bad day, I used to take it personally. And I, was, I then had a bad day because my... My um, identity, everything was actually taken off how they were going, which was just crazy because it meant that when you've got a few children, they're not all going to have a good day at the one time. And so my life was everywhere. And and so it, it I realised, like, no, dude, and, and we're not good at, at teaching stuff. We, 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 as a parent, we, we jump into it, boots and all, and we have no idea what we're doing. But... But, but but what I learned is that it's okay if they're having a bad day. And it's it's not a reflection of me. It's just a reflection of where they're up to. And once I got that, my life changed because their behaviour did not, was no longer able to dictate my behaviour because I just thought, oh, they're just having a bad day. It's like, it's like the things that have happened in the last four years, their behaviour, is not it's it's separating the two if you know what I mean this is who they are and it was amazing but what amazed me is is that my behavior was actually directly linked to their behavior for for a few years if you know what I mean and and so I understand what you're saying there <laughs> father to us our behavior does not change him he, he is still him, Father, completely Father to us, 
regardless of what's going on, you know, we're willy-nilly whatever we're doing. And so, you know, those are the kind of so what connections that I like to make because it, it, it ties it into the Lord being personal. He does want us to, to know him and to relate to him in real ways, in everyday ways. Otherwise, what's the point of every day? Right? Yeah. I mean, that's good, Ben. I, I, I love that. That's, I, I never saw it that way, so thank you. That's cool. Oh, there he's got his hand up. Maybe we can let him talk. So I was, <clears throat> you know, you're talking about stuff and I'm trying to boil it down <clears throat> to the to causative things. I try to do that a lot. <clears throat> and I had this thought, all that we've been talking about, the Holy Spirit, how do we think God experiences his creation? Do we think he only experiences it directly himself or do we think he experiences it? through us because if if he experiences it through us then he has an interest in this relationship being personal as well and you know jesus jesus said i only do what i see the father doing and if that's how he lived ought we not live the same way and aren't we actually living the same way yeah such an interesting concept to think that god experiences life through us wow that just doesn't that blow your mind. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. You, you know, things uh, to me, it seems like as we look at all the different things we have in relationships, most of the pathologies, our problems, are rooted in the fact of that we don't know who we are in Christ, in the Holy Spirit, and so we have our insecure. So all the things we do, people pleasing, being a sociopath, whatever. Uh, the need for uh, respect, all these different things are, they're all rooted in the fact that I don't know my relationship with the Father, that the Holy Spirit is in me, that I'm in this perichoresis. And so everything that stems from that, from that lack of understanding, stems in me trying to get it somewhere else. You know, I remember, gosh, when I had little kids, I remember Dr. Dobson talking about if you're not hugging your daughter, you are pushing her to be hugged by another man. You know, and so you're driving her away to get that need met by somebody else. And, you know, I don't know, that's probably mostly true. But the idea there is if we have we have unfulfilled needs if we don't understand that they actually are met or that they are available to be met in the Trinity through the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Spirit. Um, so everything we do, you know, I could say, I remember another thing that they used to say is if you looked at the number one needs in marriage for a man and a woman, then, you know, if they asked what it really was a man needed is actually respect. And what a woman most needs was typically security. And much of the weird things we do is men is trying to get people to respect them. You know, we'll do go to we'll go to the to great lengths to get people to look up and say that's a great guy or it's you know really respect you know. And there's a lot we'll do. A lot of it is not very good in order to try to get people to respect us because we're trying to. And it goes back to that manipulation. If we don't understand our relationship with God, we manipulate other people 
in order to try to get that emotional feeling, those needs met or whatever out of other people. So now I start uh, worrying too much about my kids and what they think about me. Now I should care what my kids, obviously I'd need to care what my kids think about me, but I can only care so much and I can only do so much about it, you know. It's good to know that my, I want my kids to love me. I want my kids to respect me. But it can't be a neediness that's rooted in an emptiness in my heart. It has to be a love that's coming out from the Holy Spirit and that he's leading me into how to have that relationship. So. <laughs> Just full of it tonight. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Mm. Somewhere in Romans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's just a thought that came to mind, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, the conclusion of this really, if all the stuff Larry's been talking about for a year is it has to impact even every fiber of our lives in through relationship. And the more we understand the reality of the relationship with the living God that he dwells in us, walks with us, uh, is part of our lives the more we actually can walk in real relationships, the more we can respond to things. So I know whether, hey, is it time to put the boundaries up or is it time to put the boundaries down? Is it time to throw myself on a grenade or is it time to run away? <laughs> or is it time to pull out a sword and fight? You know, And the only answer is in God. He's going to tell us. One of the main... Well, I've had major things mm -hmm. going throughout my life, but one of the ones several years ago that God really impressed upon me is that he's working in people that I don't know as much as he's working in my life, whether they know him or not. And that was a big, um, mm. uh, that was an eye-opener for me <clears throat> because I, I had this idea that, okay, God, you're only working in people that love you. <laughs> That's mm. a lie. Anyway, but mm -hmm. uh, it was, and that happened to Burning Man. It, um, he showed me that that, uh, in fact, I, I asked God, I said, what are you doing here, guys? Mm -hmm. And he just simply said, I love them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it just opened my eyes to realize that, um, also that I carry his presence. And every place I go, um, he is there mm -hmm. in me and around my area, which affects <laughs> those people that know him or do not know him. And uh, I can know that as long as I have that idea that he's in me, working through me in whatever mysterious ways, because I, I, uh, I gave up on understanding how he does it. I just know that he does. And so when I come up, when I'm approaching other people that I don't know, I know that he's there and he's working in them too at yeah. the same time. And if I can tap into what he wants to do with this person, then I can engage in a way that, um, that, that strikes their heart. And, yeah. I've, and I've seen that through just the people that I've worked with um, mm -hmm. and with the renters that I have. And uh, just knowing that, uh, okay, God, you're doing this in their life. And I, yeah. and I point it out and they kind of go, oh, oh wow. Um, yeah, so anyway, I just know that God is working throughout all of us in, in, uh, on a journey to know him more and better. Yeah. Yeah.
yeah, it kind of relates to that picture. We want to throw people over there in the problematic thing, and it's like, they're not the problem. They're every bit as much loved, and they may be getting poked and tormented from other places, and sometimes we... Like, I remember one time I was teaching in a prison, and one guy was talking about some abuse he went through, and people were kind of... You know, there's obviously a lot of that with people that are prisoners, and it's like, well, what do you think your father went through? Because, you know, there was a lot of anger towards the dad. And it's like, I'm guessing your dad had some issues as well. And there's a reason he beat you, because he's an emotional wreck. He probably has issues. He was probably beaten. He probably had who knows what. You know, and we want to just sit there and cleanly say, well, you're the bad person and you're mean. And it's like, well, I wonder if there's something going on there. So... Yeah, go ahead, Sonny. Yeah, there's three, th three things that God's challenging me on because I am in, in a relationship. And, but um, what's the relationship within the Trinity? Mm -hmm. what, what is that? Sounds pretty healthy. And what is that relationship with me being broken? We've talked about that and in process. But also something that he's really sparking me to do is what was Adam and Eve's relationship before it all happened? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can't go there without the spirit. Like just start imagining that healthy relationship. And so he's kind of lifting me up into the healthy. What, what is healthy? Yeah. And like giving me something to work off of, yeah. Instead of you know trying to fight mm -hmm. for healthy, so just yeah. by the spirit trying to give me healthy. So. Yeah, I think that's another that's great good. word. Is health is to understand health. What does that really mean spiritually, physically, emotionally? And it's all embedded in what God has to put in us or has put in us. Okay, more thoughts. Uh, just one, just a little bit off topic, but it just came back to me and I, we had talked about it before. Um, we've been in a lot of scripture. Larry's been leading us through a lot of scripture, but it seems like a recurring one is that John 14 through 17 passage. And so, <clears throat> which I, mm -hmm. that's an inheritance passage in my life. But every once in a while, I'll go back and read it like through the lenses of the last few weeks or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and just like reread some things that maybe, you know, or, you know, I like, I really know those passages well, but then I read them again because my mind has expanded. My heart has expanded a little bit more. And so it, it's a really fun exercise actually to go back and read known passages again with a different um, perspective. Mm -hmm either a different perspective about the Holy Spirit or a different perspective about a person or, you know, and, and even the things that y'all have shared tonight, you know, it's, it, it's good. It, it, it nurtures me and it makes me go, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit working in the, in, in the kingdom of heaven coming to the kingdom of earth. And so then when you read scripture, you're like, oh yeah, that's what I meant when Jesus said, I don't do anything without the father or he prayed for us to be in unity. You know, that's like, Oh, I get that a little deeper now. Like I understand that a little bit deeper and it's rewarding, fulfilling. 
Yeah, I, in fact, I just this I'm learning new ways to look at some scripture. Like this week, I was reading Second Chronicles, and you know, this king did this, and in the year of this, this king did this, and I was struck. I was reading about Uzziah. Was it Joash and Amaziah? And it talks like Amaziah. There's just a, there's certain sentences that just strike me. And you can read it from a, an old legalistic view. Or you can say, what's the deeper thing going on here? And it was just the Amaziah that said he did not, he got rid of the various things. It says, but he did not follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Okay, the old legally legalistic thing in me would say, oh, he didn't behave well enough. And that's that's true. But trying to go from the Trinitarian relational thing. What, did, what was going on in him that he did not follow the Lord wholeheartedly? What does that really mean? And I think what it is, it's he understood the law. He understood kind of, okay, here's God, and I want to do God stuff. But he never entered into the, I'm really in this relationship, and I want to really do and be in what God is doing. They never quite, so many of the kings just, it's like they tore down some of the idolatry or they, like I think even Solomon or some of them would, it's like, yeah, I'll tear down a couple of altars to the other gods, but I'll, and I'll bring the temple back and we'll do some stuff. But it's like, they never quite clean things or they kind of had a compromise of, yeah, we'll go to the temple, but we'll let some of that other stuff go over there too. And it's, and I never want to be in that place, and I know sometimes my heart probably goes there, of saying, do I so miss the reality of God that I want to somehow compromise or have it both ways? You know, I want to have one foot in the kingdom, but just in case I'm not really there, I want to kind of do the other things that seem right, that might be right. And fundamentally, it again comes back to it's because I'm not recognizing the reality of who God really is. And if we would take that and can take that fully seriously, who he says he is, the relationship within the Trinity, and this is what I love what Larry has taken us through and uh, been reading some Baxter Kruger as well, Everything emanates from that reality of relationship of the Trinity. And what we would call salvation is God saying, I just want you to partake with that very same relationship that the Trinity has. I'm inviting you into it to be a full partaker of what the Godhead is doing, what we're thinking. I mean, think of the little hints in the Old Testament. God says, I never do anything except that I share it with my servants, the prophets. What's he saying there? He's saying there's people I trust and I want to give my heart to them and I'm not doing anything without telling them. Uh, Abraham, the same thing when he was going to go, when God comes in and was going to destroy um, Sodom and Gomorrah. He's like, shall we do this without telling him? No, we need to tell him first. And God invites into those relationships us to say, he wants us to say, I want you to actually partake in what we're doing 
in the Godhead and you enter into it fully. And we get confused and think, well, are you saying I'm God or can I be that great? And it's like, he's inviting you in to be with him, doing the things empowered by him, walking with him, loving him with the love that he first gave us. And what evangelism is, is us just saying, let's take that and bring another person and just say, you're in this. Come step in the reality of who we are. And all these things we've talked about all evening is when we don't believe the reality of that, um, we kind of start messing it up. Yeah, (laughs) we don't follow the Lord wholeheartedly. We kind of start looking for other ways to get something that we should be getting from God because he is a good, good father who gives every good and perfect gifts comes down from the father above who doesn't change like shifting shadows. So I, I think I'm just excited that I just going to constantly go back to that, that this is reality because the whole goal of Satan is to say, it's not just try some other stuff. And God's just saying, trust me more, go deeper, go further trust is it maybe because we don't really believe that we're that that we're loved yeah yeah i think so we view ourselves and part of why do we not believe that we're loved we i don't know but i think we've got a blockage yeah, or something we've gotten in the way we're like yeah. unworthy we like, have a yeah. blockage number mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and number two we i hate to say it we don't actually believe god is good because That's if god another. is good if we really understood the goodness of God, we would understand the love of God. And it's not about us. And in fact, we had this discussion last week. I was listening to a song and it, one of the lines was, I, either I did or don't deserve your love or something. And I was, started working through my head of saying, wait, do we deserve God's love? Well, and you're like, well, yeah, because he created us, so we deserve it. And I'm like, finally I came to the conclusion, it's like love has nothing to do with deserving yes or no. Love has to do with the one who loves. And when we get our brains in this whole deserve or am I worthy and stuff, those have nothing to do with love. Right. Love is pure. Love comes from the one who loves towards the object of affection because of the person who loves, mm-hmm. which is God. And when Father. we can, yeah. It's hard, so. and it's hard to know that. It's hard to. Oh, t- oh, do we have in. somebody up there? Who? Patricia. I can't tell. Patricia, yeah. Um, I think, um, especially in the church, we use our heads a lot. And um, the head is okay. I mean, God created it. But if someone isn't experiencing from the heart, then, uh, or they don't know, or they're not taught to do that, um, then it, then the believism is always in the head. Let me give you a quick example. Um, and I've done this with some, several people that are uh, embedded in churches. And I went up for prayer myself at the altar. <clears throat> and this guy, I got in a conversation with him. And I said, have you ever thought that you can go to heaven now? 
while you're still on the earth and you don't have to wait until you die. And he looked at me kind of strange and because that's the way, you know, that we all believed at one time, except for, you know, the ones that are still believing that. So I asked him, I said, how about if we prayed right now and uh, we'll both go to heaven and uh, you can experience uh, what heaven is like. See, it's an experience again. It's not, oh, I have to believe this or I have to do this and that type of thing. So I prayed with him. And um, while we were while we were gone in the spirit, we were entangled, okay, our spirit. We're supposed to be more spirit than body and mind and soul. The spirit is supposed to be the dominant factor. And so while we were in the spirit, he did see. He did see things. And I said, do you see Jesus? He just came up to you and he gave you a hug. And he pulled you into his chest. And um, so then after a period of time, we came back into the, the earth realm, into the church. And his eyes were like, big as saucers he looked at me and he said wow this is amazing and so so I said well you can do this anytime you want and I gave him some resources and stuff that he can uh, listen to some speakers like I don't know if you're aware of it but Larry is like uh, Ian Clayton and Justin Abraham and they they teach this stuff and do this stuff all the time. So I just want to interject that we stop living out of our heads. And and tr and what we do is just go to the spirit and say, I want to be entangled with you. Pull me into the spiritual realm, even while I'm on the earth, and let me live that duality with you. And Larry can talk about this later because he knows a lot about this. So I just want to interject that as something to consider. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Patricia. Let's close with that, actually, and let's just agree with that. Lord God, we just thank you that this is a reality that we we actually are in it now. But we just pray that you just, especially even as we worship tonight, as we're here that we enter into this to the reality of your presence, to know that you are here, to experience this day in and day out, that we become freed from just the intellectual uh, to enter into a complete, full, intimate relationship with the living God in a very tangible way. And we just thank you that, that that's your, your heart. This isn't just what we want. We know that it's what you want as well, that you desire for us to be intimate with you. Um, just as it says in the end of, uh, I think it's Timothy or the Ephesians, where it talks about the husband and wife relationship. And he says, I'm not talking about man and woman. I'm talking about Christ and the church. It is your desire to be actually intimate with us. And we just thank you that that's your heart and that's your present. We just praise you. Living God. Amen. Amen.